Today we have uh, Jesse Cartwright, the children's director at Life Church. He's been doing that for several years and a gift to, to this body. He's going to be coming and sharing from the Bible today. So let's give a warm welcome to Jesse. Good morning. It's so cool to have the kids in here today. So it's just like being upstairs, just a few more. You're all kids, right? John 1 1 is where we're starting. I have been excited the last, I don't know, a good part of this last year uh, because God has put something on my heart. And, you know, when God puts something on your heart, it sticks around and you see it everywhere. And I love this because I'm reminded of it daily, if not hourly. And we're going to talk about that because. When you're passionate about something, you just want to talk about it. All right. John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. Capital W. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. I love that. All right. It's going to start the exact same way. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning. I'm I'm going to go kind of fast. I apologize. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth didn't have any shape. It was empty. There was darkness over the surface of the waters. At that time, the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. God said in verse 3, let there be light. There was light. I actually almost got the chill there. Um, Verse 9, God said, in verse 9, let there be water under the sky, be gathered to one place, let the dry and let dry ground appear. And in verse 20, he says, and God said, let the seas be filled with living things and birds fly above the earth. In verse 26, and God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. In our image. That means if we look in a mirror, we kind of look like God in his image. But he doesn't stop there. A lot of times we say he he made us in his image, and so we kind of have this picture of what God looks like. But he clarifies a little bit more. He says, not only in his image, but in his likeness. So there's more to it than just looking like God, right? So John 1, 3, back there. Through him, we're talking about the word. Through him, all things were made. With him, nothing was made that was made, right? Making sure you don't get confused. Nothing that was made was made without him. And how did he do it? Zion, how did he do it? What's that W word we've been talking about? The word, I said it, see? Can't even say it without saying it. With his words, God said. So God made us in his likeness, and that is something that we need to let soak in. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and he made us in his image and in his likeness. He wants us to realize that our words have power. They are amazing. And like Minecraft... They are always building, right? There's always something happening. 
And I want to show you uh, a little bit. We don't see this, right? We don't see walls going up or walls coming down or let's say, you know, I need a road over here. We don't see that happening, but God wants us to make sure that we're very aware of it. He says in Matthew 18, 18, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we're talking about a supernatural thing, right? We understand that? Okay. Second Corinthians 10, the weapons we fight are not weapons of this world. You're not gonna see these things. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We're talking walls, chains, right? We demolish, in verse five, arguments and every pretense that sets itself against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we're building, we're tearing down constantly with our words. These things that are coming out. That's why I love to encourage Cameo to play praise and worship music at home. What better words for the house? Don't we need that? Don't we all need a little bit of that? So we as people are capable of a lot of words. A couple hundred maybe, if you're talking really fast. If, you, if you're really knowledgeable and you have something you wanna talk about, you can go through a couple hundred words in a minute. So that adds up to thousands of words in an hour. Talk about your day. Think about that. Think about if we could write all of our words down, how our words would cover walls and sheets of paper, right, in one day. Then in a year, in a life, think of the library it would take to capture and record all of our words that we speak. Pastor Bob, you know what the crazy thing is? There are some estimates that women speak twice as much as men. Right, Savannah? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) All right. No, I didn't say that was my estimate. (laughs) Somebody said that's not true. All right. The terms in the Bible, the tongue, lips, your mouth, words, They are used over 170 times. God wants you to understand it is super important. I don't think you can turn to an area in the Bible and he's not talking about us talking, right? Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue, the words, has the power of life and death. It's dramatic. The power of life and death. If you had some dramatic music, that would be awesome. So, your words can build or destroy hopes and dreams. Your words can restore or they can cause loss. Your words can heal or they can break the spirit. Getting ready for church on Sunday mornings. We know what we're talking about here, don't we? If you have children. This morning, we were running late. And I am talking about words. 
But guess what came out of my mouth? Zane, I am sorry. I am. Because he was in the bathroom. And I said, Zane, if you're not ready in one minute, we're leaving without you. (laughs) And he came out and he was not happy. And I'm sorry. Your words can bring delight or they can bring despair. They can bless or they can curse. We are constantly building with our words. Even when we can go a whole day and a whole day has gone by and we don't even realize the things that have come out of our mouth and yet we are building walls, we are tearing walls down, we are creating paths that steer our life. Just like in that game, we are doing that with our words. Dallas, can you come up here, please? I have a little illustration I want to do, and you're going to help me, okay? How are you doing? Good to see you. All right. So some of you might have seen this before, this illustration, but I think nothing illustrates it better than this. Do you brush your teeth? Yeah? Do you use Crest Pro Health? Okay. That's fine. Does yours uh, taste like bubble gum? No. Mint. Okay. All right. Good, you graduated to that. All right. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take some of this toothpaste and I just want you to squeeze a whole bunch of it right into the middle of the tray right there. If you would, yeah, open it up. Big squeeze, this big pile. Keep going. That's good, that's good. All right, so it's a good job. Here, a little flat spot there. That's good. Now, these are your words. They're kind of minty words. So what I'd like you to do is I have some utensils here. And um, I want you to pick up that bottle again right here. I'm not going to have you eat it. It kind of looks like that. But I'm not. These, these are your tools. I want you to take that toothpaste. I want you to open the top. And I want you to try your best and get that toothpaste back into the tube. Okay? You got a spoon here, maybe a knife. Yeah, maybe if you cause a void, it'll suck in. I don't... No, that's not working. No, you're just smearing it all over. No, in, in this hole right here. That's, that's where it came out. That's where it's got to go back. Oh, make it bigger? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, maybe one little piece at a size at a time. That's all right. Keep going. <clears throat> Dallas, I don't think you've gotten any in there yet. No, maybe. Ooh, yeah, there you go. You got one spot about the tip of the fork back in there. There you go. All right. Now, if I gave you all day, Dallas, would you be able to do that? No. All right. Thank you. Give Dallas a hand. So our words come out. We can't put them back. Things, things come out. We can try. You can say you're sorry. You can apologize. But once they've come out, the damage is done. And um, I don't only want to talk about bad things, right? We're not only tearing down and we're not only um, discouraging people, right? But God has given us 
this power from the very beginning of creation to use our words to do amazing things, to create realities in our life. And I think of a story that Cameo tells me, and I wasn't there, and of all places, it happened in a Walmart. Believe it or not, there can be joy in Walmart. So Cameo was in the checkout lane, and it was super-duper busy, and... There was, while she was waiting for her turn, back when you actually had other people scan your groceries, um, there was an old lady that got into line. And this lady was old, very old. And you don't know exactly how old she was because her life has been rough. And if you can imagine the most wrinkly person this, that is what this lady looked like. So we don't know. I mean, she could have been 120. I mean, that's, I mean, she just had these wrinkles, these deep-set creases in her face. And, she, and she's standing there with her items, and her face is just all, right? You know what I'm talking about? You can imagine that? And Cameo turns and looks. Oh, and like, you know, it kind of surprises you. You're not expecting to see that. And I'm sorry, I don't know this lady. Um, but something nagged at her a little bit. And, she, and God didn't say, you know, tell her about, uh, about my love or anything. Uh, but she felt encouraged to turn back around. And she said, good morning. Hello, how are you? And she said the most amazing transformation happened. These wrinkles, they faded And her eyes, you could see like a glimmer in her eyes. And this smile came out with very few teeth. And she said, hello. She said, I'm very good. Right? And there wasn't anything more than that. It was just a hello. But Cameo took a moment to build joy with her words. Right there. It's simple. Right? I love that story. For... Years, when I was younger, I did a lot of theater. For years, I had in my brain the thought that I can't sing. And I told myself um, there were auditions that I skipped that, because I said I wasn't a very good singer. And it took years and years of people telling me, no, I was next to you in church. I heard you singing. You sing just fine. And it took years for that wall to be torn down because I told myself, I cannot sing. And I refused to even try. And then, as the drama person that I am, somebody cast me in a play and said, hey, you're Joseph and you're singing a Phantom of the Opera song that we tweet. What? Yeah, and I did pretty good. I'm not going to back down from a challenge. But, you know, how often do we do that to ourselves? We tell ourselves that we can't do something, and these words are playing through our heads, and where do they come from? I want to look in Matthew 12, uh, verse 33. 
These kids, they hear about, uh, they hear this often. They, they know I'm talking about words. I have certain themes that, like I said, God has put on my heart and I'm excited about it and I love to share it. So Matthew 12, 33, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Well, that makes sense. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. I can tell you, I would have no idea what a cherry tree looks like unless it has cherries on it. I'm sorry, I'm not an arborist. Some of you know that kind of stuff. I have no idea. I wouldn't know, okay? My mother can go out into the woods and she can um, look and tell you that you can eat that and you can drain, and like, whatever. I would, I would poison myself, right? Um, it says, a tree is recognized by its fruit, This is Jesus speaking, and I want you to listen to this word because this is important. Uh, It says in 34, you brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now wait a minute, right? God is love. Jesus, his son, is love He comes to the earth and he calls you brood of vipers. That's not a compliment, right? He says, you have evil in your heart. How can you speak anything that is good? That is emotion speaking. That is Jesus speaking the truth. He wants to see change. And sometimes he was very direct, right? You call sin, sin. Jesus did that. He loves the sinner and he calls sin, sin, right? A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So you're storing stuff up in your heart, in your life, you have things that you're storing up, walls that you're building, right? Sometimes we're surprised at these things that come out. Have you ever got angry and just like, and then you stand back and you go, maybe not right away, but I mean, normally it takes me walking. I'm like, oh boy, right? What is in your heart that caused that to come out? Hey, um, who's our gardeners? Who plants a garden, right? A lot of you. So you understand this, and I love how Jesus talks about this. He talks about it several different times in several different ways. He wants to make sure that it's very clear. We're talking about the abundance of your heart, what's in it, right? He says, if you plant tomatoes, you don't get cherries, right? Don't be surprised when tomatoes pop up, right? When you plant onions, you don't get potatoes, If you did, the chipmunks would mess them with your seeds or something. Um, If you plant pumpkins, you get pumpkins. Never seen a watermelon on a pumpkin plant. Don't be surprised when the things that you plant come back. What you sow, you reap. In Luke 6, 44, he, he repeats it again, or in 45, it says, a good man brings good thing out of the good treasure of his heart. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil treasure of his heart. Treasure because we're holding on to it. 
For out of the overflow, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So these words that are coming out, whether we know it or not, they're coming from a heart issue. So how do we deal with this? Ephesians 4 starts in verse 17. Starting to get you to think about what you're talking about. How many of you are like to gab? How many of you are, if you just talk? Come on. I know like one-fourth of you in this room probably. 25% of you are just like, you're, gonna, you're just going to find something to talk about, right? So the cool thing is, you can put your hands down. God has given you boldness to speak, right? Not everybody has that. You know that. You know you're the one that's always talking, right? God has given you that, and it, and it is a good platform. It's a gift that he has given you. But for every gift, there's a balance side of that. And you, out of everyone else, you need to be careful. Some people brag about whatever I think just comes out. Wow. Better make sure your heart is good, right? Because what's coming out? Ephesians 4, 17. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Their thoughts do not have any purpose. You were taught, in verse 22, you were taught not to live that way, live the way you used to. You must get rid of your old way of life. Another version says you must put off, take off the old way of thinking. Verse 23, you were taught to uh, be made new in your thinking. You were taught to start living a new life. In verse 24, and to put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. We're talking about in his image. So we're talking not about ignoring what's going on, right? God doesn't want you to bottle up and ignore what's going on in your life. He is saying when things get difficult and when things are too much for you to handle. He says, take off your old self. What used to make you angry, stop. Put on your new self. Lord. Right? Put on your new self. Take, Take a break. 25, you must get rid of your lying. 29, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouth. Say only what will help build up others, right? Build their Minecraft world. Build it up, make it awesome. Then what you say will help those who listen. 31, get rid of hard feelings, anger, and rage. Stop fighting and lying. Don't have anything to do with that kind of hatred. Be kind and tender to one another. Forgive one another, just as Christ, just as God forgave you because of what Christ did. So, I want to tell you, Matthew 12, back there where we were just a minute ago in verse 36, it says, but I tell you, this is Jesus, that everyone will give an account. Are you everyone? Are you someone? 
Ethan, are you someone? You're a cool guy. Um, that means everyone. You're someone. That means you. Right? Everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for empty words. Every word that comes out that is empty, every word that you have spoken, that's what God says. He's not joking, right? Words have power. And this, and this revelation to me is exciting. It's not scary because I think about the things that I can do with God helping and directing. It's pretty cool, right? God is a creator and he wants to use us to create awesome and amazing things in people's lives and to not break them down. So what do we do? In the perfect world, there would be that, that live TV sensor button. You know what I'm talking about? If you've ever watched um, live television, sometimes somebody says something they're not supposed to, and there's a moment of silence. You see their mouth moving, maybe, or maybe they blur that out. And so there's like a seven-second delay. So the sensors can go, whoa, right? In our life, in a perfect world, we would have that, right? And go, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that, right? But um, you need to question yourself. Stop, question yourself, and ask, why am I about to say that? Why is that even coming out? Are you trying to build somebody up or are you trying to tear them down? I can tell you that words are so destructive. They have so much power. I, many of you know, I own a gun shop um, and kind of uh, just a small shop in Dodgeville. And so I sell weapons. And I can tell you that the most deadly thing that we have is not a gun. Um, it's not some nuclear bomb. It is the very power of our words coming out of our mouth. It has killed more people than wars. Depression, loneliness, broken heart, those are real things and those are killers. So you question what, what's coming out of your mouth. You stop yourself. Is it an empty word? There was something that was on the internet and I'm gonna try to remember it. It, uh, it said, it was on Facebook. It said, think about the words that you're, trying, that you're going to say. And first, ask if they are good. Are you, before you even open your mouth, ask if they are good. Is this something good? Next, I think if I'm remembering right, you ask if it's needed, right? You ask, uh, third, you ask if it is true. Why are you speaking something that's not true? If you have a brother and sister, why are you telling them something not true, right? We know why. You want to see them, mom, right? You're trying for that. Don't. Stop it. Yeah, Josh. Picking on his brother right now. Um, 
The, the last thing is ask, does this improve the silence? I love going out into the woods. I like hiking and hunting. If I'm very fortunate, an animal might actually come in the woods. Most of the time, not. But I like the silence. I like the nature. I like seeing the squirrels. And it's, and it's not completely, totally silent, but I like the sound of the wind and hearing little and trying to figure out what that is. Most of the time, it's a squirrel. But uh, I like them too. And does what you're about to say improve the silence? If not, just don't say it. As the band comes, I want to just talk for a minute on prayer. Just, just a little, one more nugget. Something that probably God had this on my heart for several months. And then all of a sudden I was praying. I don't know if I was praying for dinner once. Um, but at the end of my prayer, I said similar words to probably what you say. What do you say at the end of your prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Do you guys understand authority? You just spoke words, and you, at the end of your prayer, you are attaching the highest authority ever to the end of your prayer. You were saying, in Jesus' name, the name that is the word that was at the beginning of time that created everything through his words, you're using your words that he gave you and you are saying, in Jesus' name, I pray these things. Not for myself, but to change, right? Don't let, in Jesus' name, be empty words. Understand the power and the authority that is attached to those. I worked for a large factory and I was in charge of all of production. And I went out onto the floor very early in my career and I said to a group of the guys, I says, I said, art wants you to fire these machines up and I gave them what needed to be done. Later in that day, art is the general manager, I should say. I got a call to go see Art in his office. And he's a godly man. He sat me down and he said, Jesse, don't you use my name for your agenda. Yes, those things need to be done, but I did not tell you to do them. That is your job and that is your authority that you have. And it was one of the only times I was reprimanded. God has given you authority to speak things. And it's not just authority. We can understand authority. We all work at jobs. We all have parents. We were all raised children. You are born with no authority. And your parents slowly give you a little bit more and a little bit more. With the hopes one day you will go out into the world and you will be able to stand and a little bit of authority and be able to carve out this world. So we all understand, you know, carve a path out for yourself. We all understand authority and God has given us 
authority through our words. But in Jesus' name is more than just authority. It is also taking those words, and a lot of times our prayers are I want and I need, but God has convicted me about that. Words, prayers for myself. Why am I so selfish? Pray for those around you. And in Jesus' name, you say, Lord, it's outside of my power. I give this to you. It's, it's bowing your knee to his authority. It's, I have asked for these things, and these are the things that I see, but God, I give them to you in your name, in Jesus' name. So it's a wake-up call. Time to wake up. It's a new year. I love that. I didn't plan that. But um, don't let idle words come out of your mouth. But before, last thing, as we go, I want to speak to you. This is the heart of God. He spoke to Moses in Numbers. And he said this. The Lord said to Moses... This is the Old Testament. God is speaking, right? He says, tell Aaron and his sons to bless his people, my people, with this special blessing. And so I'm going to bless you with this. You've heard this before. But I want these words to become life and power in you. I'd like everybody, close your eyes and listen to the heart of God. This is what God wants to tell you. May the Lord... and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you. I want that. May he be gracious to you. Every good parent wants to give. May the Lord show his favor on you. And I know in my house, in this church, in this community, God, thank you. He says, and may the Lord give you 